Welcome to the Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus. Our world is full of incomplete solutions, leaving people searching for more. God's only solution for all mankind, for all time, is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Grow in relationship with God, your Heavenly Father, because your purpose is far greater than the day-to-day circumstances of life. Let's join Greg for the Solution Radio Show as he shares from God's Word with us today. Today in God's Word, we will look at knowing God as our Heavenly Father. Uh, We'll also look at the great example of Jesus Christ because... When we look to him, we see his great respect that he had for the written word of God and the respect he had in in hearing God's voice and in his obedience to his father's direction. And then our interview segment in the second half of the show is with John Fallahy. John is an expert with Logos Bible Study Software, and he's trained tens of thousands of people over the years, and I've sat through some of his training, which is excellent. Uh, John's website is learnlogos.com. Uh, It's an interview that I trust you will enjoy. But first, let's take a look at God's Word. Uh, We all have a friend that we know really well. Uh, Think of that person for a moment. You know what they like to eat, the kind of music they enjoy, and the type of book that they like to read. You know their favorite sports team and probably their political leanings. How did you come to know these facts about your friend? You know your friend and the details of their life because you've spent time with them. You hung out with them. You listened to them. You had conversation with them. You watched them live their life. And similarly, others know you well, and they can call you friend because of the same. They've spent time with you, and they've listened to you, and they've experienced life with you. Did you know that God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, desires to hang out with you? He longs for you to know him more intimately than any other relationship you may have whether it's with a friend, a spouse, or a relative. God desires that you know how much he loves you and cares for you. He wants you to know that he is approachable and that his ear is always open to your request. He desires that you live life with him. Just as with our good friends, to know them, we spend time with them. It's really no different with God. In order to know God as our Heavenly Father, we must spend time with him. Now, God is spirit. It says that in uh, John chapter 4, verse 24. How are we going to get to know God if he is spirit? But with spirit, we're not able to see, hear, smell, taste, or touch him. The spirit of God, it's like the wind. Well, God so lovingly and so graciously gave us his word, the Bible. The Bible is God's word, and God's word makes known God. Those that have a humble and a hungry heart for the things of God will absolutely come to know the one true God. God isn't hiding. He's more than willing to make his heart and his will known. When we read the Old Testament, we see God at work in the lives of those that believed him. When men and women believed God, they received the fruit of their believing. Their prayer was answered. A nation was delivered. A city wall was rebuilt. Someone was healed. There was joy and rejoicing in the hearts of God's people. And then when we read the Gospels, we see the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he said of himself that he always did the Father's will. In the Gospel of John, he stated that he could of himself do nothing. But what he did do was what the Father told him and showed him. 
Jesus Christ is the shining example for all of us today if we desire to walk and talk with God. He was magnificently obedient to his heavenly Father, even all the way unto death. And in that walk, in that believing all the way unto death, he knew that God would raise him from the dead three days later. He had no doubt. He had no fear. He fulfilled his purpose, his calling, the redemption of you and I from the clutches of God's archenemy, the devil. What a wonderful, wonderful redeemer he is. His relationship with his heavenly father, it was unshakable. There was no fear. There was no circumstance greater than his true identity. And that identity was one as the only begotten son of God, man's redeemer. And how did he find out about who he was? In the scriptures, in the gospel of John, there's a remarkable record where Jesus Christ is confronting the unbelief of the religious elite of his day and time. They were upset because Jesus had healed a man on the Sabbath, and he had violated their tradition. If you have a Bible handy and, and want to follow along, we're going to read here in the Gospel of John uh, chapter 5, and let's start here in verse 16, and we'll read through verse 20, and then a couple other verses a little further down. Here, Gospel of John chapter 5, verse 16, And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus, and they sought to slay him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day, this healing that he had done. Verse 17, Jesus answered them, My father works now, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but he had said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Verse 19, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For what things soever God does, these also does the Son likewise. For the Father loves the Son, and shows him, the Father shows the Son all things that he does. And he will show him greater works than these, so that you might marvel. Verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That's a remarkable record where Jesus Christ says he only did what his father showed him. He only spoke the words that his father gave him to speak. Jesus Christ never want, went off on his own tangent, doing his own thing. He subjected his will to do the Father's will. I want to read the Phillips translation of the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 30. And I really love the Phillips translation because so much of it is <clears throat> written in a very easy-to-understand English. Though I primarily always read the King James because I guess that's what I'm used to for 40 years. Uh, and... The Phillips translation, though, sometimes makes the verse a little clearer. And here in John chapter 5, verse 30, the Phillips translation states, By myself I can do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is true because I do not live to please myself, but to do the will of the Father who sent me. Jesus Christ lived to do the will of his Father who had sent him. Remarkable. 
Let's continue in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 37. And now we're back in the King James Version. And the Father himself, which has sent me, has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you. He's talking to the religious elite leaders of his day and time. You have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent. Him you believe not. Jesus told them that they had never heard God's voice, that they did not have his word in their hearts and minds. He is speaking here to the religious leaders of the day and time that didn't believe the word. They were more concerned about their tradition and the doctrines of men. In contrast to them, Jesus Christ did hear God's voice. Jesus Christ did have his Father's word in his heart and in his mind. Verse 39, he says to these same, Search the Scriptures, for in them, in the Scriptures, you think you have eternal life, and they, the Scriptures, are they which testify of me. Jesus Christ did not dismiss the Word of God as being irrelevant or meaningless or in just another book among many. God's Word, the Bible, that's God's voice. It's His testimony of who He is as God and who Jesus Christ is as man's Redeemer. And it is the Word that also makes known your true identity in Christ. After Jesus Christ was baptized of John and after seeing the Spirit of God descend upon him like a dove, he went into the wilderness and he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. And then after those events, shortly thereafter, he went to Nazareth and into the synagogue and he found the place where it was written and he read from Isaiah. We're here in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 21, where this takes place. He says here, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And Jesus Christ is quoting from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20, and he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And Jesus began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. You see, Jesus Christ, he knew who he was because he knew his heavenly Father and he knew his Father's word. Jesus knew his purpose and why he came into the world. Do you know who you are? Do you know your purpose? Do you know what you have been called to? What do the scriptures say about you? That's where you find your true identity in the scriptures. Not in your job, not in your income, not in the zip code you reside in. Your true identity is found in Christ and God. You are loved beyond measure by your heavenly Father. He has in store for you an inheritance so rich, so abundant, that it will take God all eternity to unfold to you his great grace, mercy, and love. Hear God's voice through his written word and by the Spirit. He's your daddy. He wants to hang out with you. You are his inheritance. You are his treasure. 
This is The Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus, exploring God's solution for all mankind, for all time, Jesus Christ. Our guest today is John Fallahy. John resides in Green Bay, Wisconsin with his wife and three children. He has a Master's of Divinity degree and an MBA, and he's currently working on his Ph.D. at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in the area of preaching and apologetics. John also teaches at his local church. He was employed with Logos Bible Software before beginning his training ministry, Learn Logos. At LearnLogos.com, he has trained literally tens of thousands of people around the world, and I'm one of those. I've sat through several of his training seminars over the years, and he trains people to use the Logos Bible Study software more effectively. I'd like to welcome John Fallahy to the Solution Radio Show. Welcome, John. Hey, Greg. It's wonderful to be here. How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. And, uh, John, I wanted to congratulate you on the Green Bay Packer win yesterday, reluctantly as a Bear fan as I am, but congratulations. Thank you. The town is very, very happy today. Didn't you uh, say earlier even the garbage cans are painted green and gold? (laughs) Yes. Every Friday we take out our garbage, and uh, you can just look down the street, and you'll see this line of green and gold garbage cans. It's uh, (laughs) quite a sight to see. And every day someone's taking the garbage out, so anywhere in town you're guaranteed to see the green and gold. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, John, could you share with us some of your background and what brought you to a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Yeah, so I grew up in the Chicago suburbs, out in Palatine, and grew up believing that I was saved by works. Later in college, a friend had shared the gospel of Jesus Christ and showed me from the Bible that I am saved by faith apart from works, Mm -hmm. that I needed to repent as a sinner and place my faith solely in the resurrected Christ and trust in Him and His perfect, completed, once-for-all work on the cross. However, when I heard this truth, and I said to the evangelist, I said, if I understand you correctly, I need to submit to God, submit to the Bible, and turn from sin. Now, she responds with this yes, and I I think she thought I was going to receive the gospel at that moment since I understood its implications. But you should have seen the look on her face when I responded, because remember, I'm still a sinner. And I responded like any other unbeliever, and I said, why would I want to do that? I don't want God telling me what to do, and frankly, I like my sin. Hmm. And, and so for the next several years, God allowed me to follow my sin, and it led to great pain and despair. And by 1995, you know, sin had wrecked my life. But in God's providence and grace, another friend reached out to me with the gospel again. And at that time, he granted me repentance. I repented. He granted me faith. I believed. And I should share one little personal detail of God's transforming power in my life. He delivered me from alcoholism. When I was 18, I you know, finished my first year of college, and I was, uh, I was an alcoholic. I ended up in rehab for eight months. I got involved in AA, and I was, sober for about, I was sober for about five years. But eventually I relapsed. And, and AA changed who I was on the outside, but it could not change who I was on the inside. Mm-hmm. In AA, I feared alcohol. I feared the relapse. But when Christ saved me, He changed me on the inside, and I no longer feared alcohol or desired to drink or abuse alcohol. Christ powerfully delivered me, and uh, and that's how I became a Christian. That's awesome, John. What tremendous freedom there is in Christ. Now, when did you first have the desire to study God's Word in depth, and was there a defining moment for you? 
Well, there was definitely a defining moment uh, in the day I was saved. I mean, I became, I was saved, the Holy Spirit sealed me, and instantly I had this hunger to know God's Word. In fact, at those early days of being saved, I read the Bible so much that I started dreaming Bible stories. And uh, But there was another motivation, too, besides just wanting to know God. I had been lied to my whole life by others regarding the Gospel. Uh, I knew the Bible was true, and so I set out to know the Bible for myself so that I would never be deceived again. And I wanted to know why I believe what I believe. So I set out to learn how to study the Scriptures. I, I learned inductive Bible study through Precept Ministries, and eventually went to seminary to learn Hebrew, Greek, and theology. Mm-hmm. Okay, well now, you're an expert in the utilization of uh, a tremendous Bible study tool, Logos Bible Software. How long were you with the company there at Logos, and what was your responsibility? Yeah, I was with Logos for three years. However, by this, well, this time, as of today, I've been using the software for nearly 20 years. And at Logos, I was involved in selling, uh, creating training videos, training and equipping pastors, working with schools, even helping out in the development of Logos 3 way back when, when it was version 3, Mm. a little bit. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, It was very rewarding, and I look back with great fondness to that experience. Yes, it's, uh, I, I myself have probably been using the software for a good 15 years as well, I think. And I learned something new from you whenever I sit through one of your training webinars. And I think it's been almost seven years that you've literally trained tens of thousands of people how to use the Logos Bible software more effectively. Uh, is there yeah, you know, it, something really it got rewarding? Started. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go no, ahead. go ahead. I was go just going to say, is there, what, what's like the most rewarding uh, aspect of it for you in the training? You know, that's a, that's a great question. You know, now and then I get these emails from customers, and they share with me, like you just did, that through the training, they've learned something. But the best emails are the ones that they say, I know God even better now, I know my Bible better, and I'm following Christ more faithfully. Those moments are precious, and, and they make all the hard work worth it. People don't realize when I developed the training, you know, the first one I did was Logos 4. And I literally had a closet, soundproof closet I made. <laughs> no more room than for me and the computer. And I must have put in like 300 hours in making the Logos 4 train at that time. And after that, I said, I am never going into another closet again. <laughs> uh, in the sense, I've learned other ways to record the training outside of the closet. But but, but that was so hard and difficult, and, and it was the start of the company, and I'm like, is this ever going to sell? Are people going to ever be interested in this? And I just trusted the Lord, and in the end, here I am, seven years later, version 7, we're rolling out some new training. It's exciting. Can you relate to us an incident where maybe you've seen someone's life transformed by their study of God's Word? Yeah, there's a customer, actually from Wisconsin, I, I believe her name was Ellen, And she emailed me the following. I'll read it to you. It's a real short excerpt. She says this. uh, It was on a topic on addiction, which I was very familiar with. And uh, we were showing them how to use Logos to study this topic. And this is what she wrote. She said, I shared the principles you presented in this webinar with a friend who has a daughter in bondage. Her face lit up, and the lights went on as she saw the bigger, deeper picture, the limitations of secular approaches, and God's hope offered to all who recognize, avoid, and deal with, and be delivered from addictions through a relationship with Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit through God's Word. Thank you for your transparency. Knowing that you've walked this road and have lived the bondage, 
tried the secular way and found true lasting freedom in Christ made this a very special two hours. And to think, I could have watched a non-edifying movie if I still ever did that anymore. <laughs> and that, that just was so touching to hear that. That's got to be so rewarding to know that what you share with that software, the Word of God you teach as you share it, is changing people's lives, literally, for all eternity. That's very cool. Yeah, and that's, you know, just to add, Greg, the key in training is, you know, it's important to learn the features and the functions and having the ability to mechanically work through the program. But part of my training is to share Christ, share the gospel, help them to know their God and follow Him. And I never want to lose sight of that in any training that I do. What would be one of your favorite features in the Logos Bible software? Well, I'd have to say, of course, the Bible, right? <laughs> Without that, none of this makes any sense. But there's several features that are important. One is just the whole portable digital library. The ability to take my laptop anywhere in the world and study is extremely powerful and helpful. And I have been on mission trips where I could take my whole library with me and study, and that has just been so helpful. The searching capability Helping me find answers to questions as I study scriptures is really useful. The original language tools are easy to use and save me a ton of time. You know, one scholar said, not knowing the original language is like kissing the bride through the veil. You kind of miss something in the translation. And having the ability just to right-click and do a word study is just, it's, it's transformative because I now know what the authors actually said. And uh, But there's one tool, my favorite tool is the syntax tool, and this I use to help identify the point of a passage. I have training on this feature, and it's literally transformed my sermons and, un- and the understanding of the text. This tool gives me the ability to build a preaching outline quickly and accurately to reflect the author's intended message. And this becomes a double blessing, because not only do I learn God's Word, but I'm able to share that with others so that they can learn the author's intended message. Mm, That's wonderful. That's wonderful. A great way to be able to study God's Word. Now, you have a special offer for our listeners today. Is that correct? If they were to go to learnlogos.com forward slash W-Y-L-L, there's a free webinar that they can uh, stream on their computer. Yeah, since you mentioned the word study webinar that I just did, I thought that would be a great one for our audience since it's uh, such a practical and necessary part of the Bible study process. So if you've got Logos version 7 uh, or even some of the earlier versions, uh, just go to that web link and you can watch that video. It's about an hour and a half in length, and you can just watch that online and learn Logos. I'll put that link up on our website, and if somebody would like to reach you, is there an email, if they'd like to have you come train them at their church or at their small group Bible study? Yeah, check out my website, www.learnlogos.com, or even email me at john, J-O-H-N, at learnlogos.com. That's great, John. I'll put links up on our website so people can reach you. Thank you very much, John Fallahy, for joining us today on the Solution Radio Show. Thanks, Greg. It was a privilege to spend time with you. God bless you. The Solution Radio Show archives are available at thesolutionradioshow.com, along with resources to encourage and help you in your walk with God. The Solution Radio Show is supported by listeners like you. Make a donation today to join in sustaining God's work at thesolutionradioshow.com. 
You've been listening to The Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus, and we thank you for joining us today. God bless you. You are God's very best.